Hey everybody, it is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to another episode, in fact, another Monday episode of Scale Up. Just me today and the mic, and it's quite late here actually. I'm doing this episode late at night in my home here in the UK. So if my voice is a little bit less animated and maybe just a little bit softer, that's because I do not want to wake up the house and have screaming kids uh, all over the place. Those with, uh, of you with parents will know exactly what I'm talking about. But the other reason why I'm recording this a little bit later and, as I said, a little bit quieter than normal is I've been reflecting this week. And I've been reflecting on who has influenced me over my career. And I've had an amazing career. I'm very, very grateful for the opportunities that I've had, the people I've met. It's been outstanding, really. And if I go back and go back to the sort of world of when I transitioned from entrepreneurship into corporate, I was a real geek for business. I was one of these guys that would just buy business book after business book and I'd read and read and read. And I was just, I suppose, fascinated by the way decisions were made in business, the the way that you have to manage your emotions, the way you lead, and in, in many cases, the risks that we have to make in, in such positions, often in situations when we haven't got all the information and all the answers and we just have to trust ourselves. And when I was sort of growing into this world of, of leadership and management, when I was in my first couple of corporate jobs, one of the people that I started to read was a guy called Jack Welsh. Now, <laughs> I appreciate that there's a few of you right now who are going, oh, Jack Welsh, he was, you know, terrible. He was an ogre. He was a monster. He was also one of the most successful CEOs back in the, the sort of 80s and 90s. And just to give you a perspective of this, Jack Welsh was the CEO and the chairman of General Electric Company, which was a huge company in the United States. In fact, a global company back in the 80s and 90s. Jack began his career with GE, as it's called, in 1960. And it was in 1981 that he became the company's eighth chairman and CEO. Now, here's the interesting piece, right? During his tenure, GE's market capitalization, in other words, its value, increased by, get this, $400 billion. Yes, that's a B, $400 billion, making it at the time the world's most valuable corporation. So we get excited these days when we talk about Apple and Steve Jobs and we talk about Jeff Bezos and Amazon and what Elon Musk is doing and all that sort of thing. But quite often Jack Welsh is, is forgotten about because he was, I don't know, controversial, polarizing, all these sort of things. And what I'm going to get into over the course of this episode is just explain why. But also I want to, I want to kind of give respect to, you know, where respect is due and this guy did do some amazing things in business, partly because he, he thought differently and because he was a bit radical at the time, I think that's also why he was successful as much as he was also criticized. So when I was, God, it must have been university days. Now we're going right back. I read his first book, which was called Jack Straight from the Gut. Now it's a New York Times bestseller. It's a bit of a memoir, really, but there's a couple of interesting things that he talks about in there. One of the first things he talks about is the importance of candor, and I'm going to get into that. In fact, he calls it radical candor. And the other thing that he does is he talks about making tough decisions. And there's one uh, chapter where I remember where he has to fire 
one of his long-serving people and a good friend of his, so senior leader within the organization, had helped him grow and drive that business. And he says something like this, you know, you know, business is business. You know, this one day I had to let this person go. Our wives were friends and played tennis at the country club. We shared a tear, but you have to make the tough decision sometimes in order for the business to grow and to be successful. Now, it's something like that. I've probably bastardized it, but it's a fascinating insight because at that point in time, I was thinking, wow, how do you take the emotion out of that and how do you make that decision? And in some cases, this is where, as I said, Jack Welsh got the, got the perception of being ruthless and, and calculating. But what I want to talk about today to give you some insights, some strategies, some tactics to take away, which I always like to do on these Monday's, Monday episodes, is talk about his other book, which is called Winning, which he co-authored with his wife, Susie Welch, who was the former editor of the Harvard Business Review. The book is comprehensive. It's based on answering a lot of questions that he has been asked over the years. But there are three really interesting parts in this book. And I was I said reflecting on this before pressing record. I've taken a lot of the principles that have come from that book, from winning that I've, I read 20 odd years ago, and I still apply those principles today. So I wanted to share them with you so that you can either make them your own Equally, you can say, listen, I'm never doing that. That doesn't align with my values and my principles, and that's absolutely fine too. As I say, I'm not an expert necessarily in anything, but what I am good is is taking in information and curating the best stuff out there for you to be able to take and apply or not, depending on, on your situation and what you believe. So first and foremost, let's talk about leadership and let's talk about successful leaders. Now, at the very, very core of leadership is being great at managing people. And I often say that when a business goes into scale-up phase, it's the transition from being able to you know, work independently, a small team, versus the ability to build a team and lead effectively. Okay, You need to make sure that you have some elements around you, or again, as I said, some core principles that's going to allow you to be successful. So you need to evaluate people through a transparent and fair system, not always an easy system, but a transparent and fair system. You have to coach, right? You have to coach people to advance. A lot of times founders think that, you know, everyone should be thinking about the business in the way they do as an owner, but that's not the case. Remember, everyone is there thinking about what's in it for them. You need to instill a culture, and I'm going to mention again, of candor. And what Jack talks about here, and I love this, you know, again, some people don't, but I love this, is you've got to be honest and transparent with your communication. You, it's, There's no point sugarcoating things when sometimes the message needs to be heard in its most direct way. A lot of people find this difficult. They don't like to offend. They don't like conflict. But I found that in my career, that's been one of the things that's helped me the most, not necessarily doing things to try and become argumentative, but being able to say say things in a way which cuts through all the crap. It's got me promotions. It's also got me sacked. So there is a time and a place and maybe the element of tact is also required. But if you can lean into situations in your business and you can communicate with candor, but also come from a place of integrity then that is the most effective balance, in my opinion, because people know exactly where they stand 
but they also get excited about what the future is and what's happening. They feel involved. Okay. So let's break this into three things, three areas that you can then take away. The first thing I want to talk about is how you should manage your people. The second thing is how you should manage strategy, growth, change, and any crisis that come up. And the third is how you can have a successful career. I'm very, very conscious that a lot of people listening to the show now, particularly of late, have come out of the world of corporate and they're thinking about entrepreneurship as their next thing. It's all that great resignation stuff. So I want to make sure that I can help you as well as you are probably a new listener and you're probably trying to work out what this crazy Australian's all on about. There you go. So how should you manage people? So Candor, we've talked about. When I worked at Getty Images, one of the key leadership principles is that everyone has a voice. It was so effective that if people didn't say what they thought, they were called out about it. And the whole idea is that everyone in the organization can have a great idea that can transform something. So you need to get it out there. Even if, you know, the idea may not be right or right at the right time, you've got to have the confidence to share. So the idea is that ideas and opinions need to flow freely. And as a leader and a manager, you need to build and support that culture. Okay. The idea that you can't share and, and every decision comes from you, whoa, you know, then you're, you're going to be really, really stuck. And a lot of business owners that come to me are stuck because they've built their whole mechanism around that. One of the things that I have applied from Jack, and this is probably one of the most controversial things that he talks about, is a way of evaluating and differentiating people based on their performance and making decisions around that that are quite direct. He has a process, a method, which is called 207010. And what this is, is that every single year when the business is being reviewed and people's performance is being reviewed, he would put people into categories. The top 20% of performers would get a very, very good bonus, right? Sometimes 100% of their salary, massive incentivization. The middle 70% were given reasonable um, feedback, but they were pushed, coached to try and be in the top 20%. So the whole thing here was that if you worked in General Electric at the time for Jack or any of his other businesses, and this has been applied way further out than those companies, this was, this was adopted for a while, then the idea that you need to strive to become better was, was part of, again, the culture. And here's the, here's the radical bit. What he would also do is that if you're in the bottom 10%, you would effectively be sacked. And so the idea was that not that people were necessarily there fearful of their jobs, even though I do think that was part of it. There was a striving to be better because the incentivization was higher. But anyone who didn't fit the culture, didn't align with the values, wasn't demonstrating the right behaviors, wasn't achieving their objectives was moved out and someone else was brought in. Now, a lot of you know that I respect sport and I align sport with business. And you've got to think of it that if you are leading a team, particularly a professional sporting team, and you've got players that you know aren't serving the purpose, they aren't kicking the goals or playing the defense or whatever they've been brought in to do, and you kind of keep them around, what's going to happen to the team? It's not going to win the championship. It might not even stay in the division. So effectively what Jack Walsh was doing back then was adopting that principle, a somewhat harsh principle, 
But if you look at it in the cold light of day, something that does make sense. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should take the 20-70-10 method and apply it in your business. What I think you should do, though, is ask the honest question. Are there people in your business right now that aren't performing to expectation? Are they you know, passengers in the vision and the strategy that you're trying to adopt? And then the important question is, what are you doing about it? Okay, hopefully something and it better not be nothing. Another principle around how you manage people is be selective and meticulous when hiring, but be transparent and fair with fi- and f- when firing. So the point being here is don't rush the hiring process. I'm going to reference Getty again. It took me 10 interviews to get a job there. And a lot of it was not really about my ability to do the job. It was how I would fit. So the first few interviews was, you know, does Nick have the skills, the capability, but the last eight or so interviews was, is he going to fit in? Okay. So that's what, you know, an example of being meticulous is maybe over the top meticulous, but it did work. You know, there were some brilliant people I was, um, I had the privilege of working with there. And then the whole idea about being transparent and fair when firing is don't hide away. Don't shy away when you have to make that tough people choice. Okay. You, will often find that people will respect you standing up and being brave and making a decision. When things are hidden, when you know the trapdoor goes and the person isn't there the next day and no, nothing is said about it, that often does so much worse for the culture you're trying to build. And the last part really about being a good leader here is being genuinely focused on your people. Lead by example, right? Don't ask people to do stuff that you wouldn't do. And this is probably the one thing I've taken forward no matter what. And that is don't worry about being popular. This is not, you know, a win friends situation. As as is said in Jerry Maguire, this isn't show friends, this is show business, right? And sometimes we want to be friends and it's all about that. And, and particularly if you've built a company and you're transitioning. But like your job is 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 partly also to protect as best you can the, the livelihoods of the people that you're bringing in. You know, people have a choice to join you, right? They don't just do it often for the money. Sometimes it's m- much more than that. And so they want you to be the person who's going to demonstrate strong leadership when it is right and appropriate to do so. Okay, so there's some principles that I have applied and hopefully there's some things there that you can take away and start to apply in your scale-up journey too. Let's talk now about how you manage strategy, growth, change, and crisis when it comes in. So my view is that your job as a leader, your mission, so to speak, is really about defining how you intend to win, okay? Your values and your behaviors demonstrate how you are going to get there, okay? So think of the strategy is how you intend to win, Your values and your behaviors demonstrate how you will get there, how you will do it. So for me, strategy is simple. It is really simple. It's choosing your winning move. Okay. Then it's about getting the right people, the right processes, the right practices to implement it. Okay. I'm going to say this again. This is super important because people ask me about strategy all the time. They make it this complex thing. It's not complex. Okay, strategy is choosing a winning move, not choosing lots of winning moves. It's choosing a winning move. It's then getting the right people behind it, the right practices and the right processes to implement it. Okay, write that down. Start to think about strategy in that way. It will change your life. 
change your business, change your life. Next thing is, again, I'm not into annual planning and I'm not into rigid planning. I'm into agility and flexibility, okay? The reason for that is things change. You know, they change a lot. And this is where, you know, when Jack Welsh was talking about this years ago, things were not moving as fast as they are now. Digital wasn't disrupting as much as it is now. And you've got to be thinking about how I can make the next move, but make the next move in some cases, almost predicting it, okay? It's very, very motivating for people too when there's the ability to flex. Now, you don't want to overdo this. You don't want to get the shiny object thing going on. But that's why I always recommend to everyone I work with this idea of 90-day cadence, this idea that you work to a plan and you might have a three-year vision that might be to exit your business, but you are working to a 90-day cadence. What does that mean? It means that you have the ability to change the strategy, change the priorities, within a 90K, 90 day window, okay? Try it if you haven't tried it. It works brilliantly in every company that I've been involved in. It doesn't give you room to hide. Equally, it doesn't make everything so chaotic and rushed that you know, you're gonna have to make a different decision every day. You know, You have a plan, you execute for 90 days, you measure everything, you check the results. If it's working, you double down. If it's not, you change, okay? Another thing that's interesting, I think, also when you think about strategy and growth is you should always be enthusiastic about new ideas, but you've also got to be prudent as well, okay? So as leaders, sometimes we like change and we search for change, okay? But what we've got to be really careful of is that change is only something that is important to lean into if it's needed, Okay, this idea that you have to change things for the sake of it, you have to meddle, is not always the rest the, the, the right thing to do. Okay, I just want to make a point on that because sometimes people come to me and they they get bored and they get restless and they want to change. And I'm like, well, what do the numbers say? Is the strategy working? If the strategy is working, why aren't we doubling down on what's working as opposed to trying to be innovative? When sometimes innovation can be an excuse for just trying new things when you don't need to. Okay, again, insight, have a think about it. It may be something you need to hear right now. And the last part, actually, I want to talk about crisis for a second. I haven't talked a lot about this. It's probably a podcast episode in itself. But there's always going to be crises that happen, things that go wrong. And my suggestion to you is that you should always assume the worst and, you know, plan for that, but expect the best, right? It's an old saying. But if you plan for the worst case scenario, you are not going to be surprised, okay? You're going to have the contingencies in place. You don't have to press the button, right? Sometimes crisis happens, we plan for the worst, it doesn't happen, but we do it anyway. Not a smart move. But you always want to think about business as something that you want to be ahead of the game. You don't want to be like this, you know, it's happened so much to people in this pandemic. They were stuck, they didn't know what was going on. And, you know, they didn't have enough cash in the bank and all of a sudden they had to go out there and get all these loans, all these sort of things. You don't want to be that. You want to be ahead of it. And I think, you know, one of the good, if there is a good, right, there's plenty of good that's come out of this, of this lockdown, global pandemic and all that sort of stuff is I think it has taught a lot of business owners to be prepared and not to expect things are always going to be the same because that level of, of preparedness is what is going to help them survive and also thrive. Alrighty, last one is how do you have a successful career? All right. And what I'm going to say here is 
and this is probably a bit of a personal thing actually, as I'm in a reflective mood, as I said, is, you know, if you're not loving what you're doing and it's not stimulating you, it's not your passion, maybe it's time to scratch a different itch, right? Go and do something a bit different. Try it out. I mean, to advance your career in any shape or form, be that entrepreneurship or be successful in a job, it's ultimately about delivering stunning results, right? You want to be able to do that in any case. And I find that the people who deliver stunning results are the ones who feel that what they're doing day in and day out isn't work at all. Now, for me, you know, I love doing this. I love doing this podcast. I love helping people. I love going into businesses and helping businesses scale up. I love seeing owners, founders exit and and their life change, right? And and then I like, you know, making friendships with all these people that I get to help. It's one of the most amazing experiences. So for me, a successful career, if you want to call it that, is not driven by money. It's not driven by status. It's not driven by the title. And I can say this to you because for me, it used to be, okay? And I only wanted to, to bring this point in because, you know, when I was studying the stuff from Jack, I don't agree with all of it, right? You know, there's some things today that I've said are important, candor being one of them, the idea that, you know, you've got to have this flexibility, you've got to keep your strategy simple. I believe in those principles, but I don't also believe you should stay in something that you hate forever. And I think a successful career is much more balanced these days, 20 years on, me having gone through the ringer myself to be able to see what it's like on the other side. So winning, right, the topic of this episode today is a blend of things. Okay, it's a blend of things. And I think the the one thing I'd like to underline is that you've got to define what winning is for you. You've got to define what winning is then in your business. And then you've got to try stuff out, adopt those principles, make them your own, not be afraid to flex around the edges and see what results you get. Alrighty, there we are. Longish episode, but as I said, I'm in a reflective mood. Wanted to talk about some inspirations to me, you know, sometimes not the most popular things. But as I said, hopefully there's some stuff today, tonight, which has helped you. And I wish you all the very best as you apply them in your business journey. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you've enjoyed the show just as much as I've enjoyed creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me, it helps the show, plus it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything that you heard in today's show, to find out how you can join our community on Facebook, or to find out how you can get get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now.